on this episode of Startup the Science. Nanolumi is an advanced luminescence materials company leveraging the power of chemistry to optimize light efficiently. Nanolumi was founded in 2018 in Singapore, and today we are focused on producing high quality perovskite products that significantly enhance the color performance, brightness, and energy efficiency for displays. Hello and welcome to Start Up the Science. Thank you for for taking some time to talk to us today about uh, Nanolumi. So why don't we start with an introduction? Tell us a bit about yourself and your company. Thank you, Antonio. Hi, I'm Jax, CEO of Nanolumi, an advanced luminescence materials company. My background is in chemical engineering from the National University of Singapore, during which I was very fortunate to be a part of this program called NUS Overseas College uh, in the Silicon Valley program. So through this program, um, I was fortunate to be working for an advanced materials company, a nanotech company. This was back in 2007, 2008. So this one-year experience, um, it's really ignited my passion for science, technology, and entrepreneurship. In fact, to today, some of the relationships form and people that I've met in Silicon Valley had continued to be close friends and business partner. So since then, I continued my entrepreneurship bug and I've worked in several advanced materials startups in photovoltaics and um, nanomaterials. So fast forward to 2018, I founded Nanolumi together with my co-founders, Dr. Wong Yingqie and Tan Chi Kuang. So it is extremely rare for, for an advanced materials startup to focus on product commercialization from day one. But that's what we have set out for the team. Today, we focus on high-quality perovskite material our flagship green perovskite product, Chameleon G Flum, enables the purest, brightest, widest range of colors for Rec 2020 displays. Okay, so those are a lot of words that some people might not be familiar with. So let's maybe take a step back sure. and explain a bit the basis of this technology. I know we're talking about quantum dots and you mentioned your, your own flagship product, Chameleon G Film. Can you explain to us, first of all, what quantum dots are? We've, we've had this topic on the podcast before in our first season too, and we've heard several explanations of, of the concept, but maybe um, maybe it's good to have a refresher. Quantum dots are very, very small particles. They are very small semiconductor nanocrystals with the ability to absorb high-energy light and re-emit low-energy light. So in the use case, would be something like absorbing blue light and re-emitting in green and red wavelengths. So you could already connect the dots on how useful it could be for displays. So how quantum dots typically tune and maneuver like is by their size. So in particular, a smaller quantum dot, such as a 2 nanometer quantum dot, will allow it to absorb and re-emit blue light. Whereas a larger size quantum dot, such as a 6 nanometer quantum dot, will allow it to absorb and emit red light. So quantum dot technology has been very popular since 2014, where an LCD display manufacturers has started to adopt it as an ability uh, to create a much purer light source for the displays. So this purer light source enables wider color gamut and as well as more accurate, truer to life displays for viewers. So in Nanolumi, we work on perovskite. So I will touch on perovskite slightly. So perovskite is a new class of advanced materials that provide all the benefits of conventional quantum dots and more, such as easier color tuning, which leads to more cost-effective mass production, the narrowest green wavelength, which enables the purest and widest range of colors, 
and most importantly, it's cadmium-free. Perhaps most of our listeners may not be familiar with perovskite, and we can talk more about it later. We'll definitely talk more about that. But I want to ask you, why are quantum dots interesting in the sense that why are they better than existing technologies that are that are used in screens? What advantages do, do they have over other materials that we could be seeing, indirectly seeing, I suppose, in the screens we use every day? This is an interesting question. I, I often get this question from my friends uh, that are looking at buying a new TV. Uh, they always ask me, which one should I buy? Should I buy an LCD or should I buy an uh, OLED TV? Having uh, have a company working on materials to enable new generation displays, uh, I do get that a lot. Um, so sometimes I feel like a TV salesman. Uh, but let's let's touch on LCD first, which in particularly most quantum dots are being uh, applied in LCD displays. Um, so not all LCD displays contains quantum dots. However, all LCD displays consist of two components. Uh, one of which will be a color filter and the other will be a light source. We call it a backlight unit. So the backlight unit is a light source that determines the quality of the display brightness as well as colors. Generally, majority of LCD displays consists of a light source that is very broad uh, in traditional sense. This light source are actually very similar to LED lights that we see in our daily life. You know, uh, these are basically blue LEDs with yak powder uh, that is on the blue LED that emits a very broad um, light source. So it's very good for our lighting in our day-to-day -day life, but it's actually terrible for an LCD display for a backlight unit because you have a very broad light source that you subsequently had to really chop it up and filter it through this tiny little subpixel, the red, green, blue subpixel. So a better way to do a light source will be with quantum dot technology or perovskite technology. So how it works is quantum dot and perovskite enables a highly efficient blue light source to be partially converted to very saturated green and very saturated red emission. So this high quality light source enables quantum dot perovskite displays this ability to enable LCD displays to have a wider range of colors, brightness, and efficiency. So display designers always want to find very, very pure spectrum of light. And quantum dots and perovskite materials enable that. So purer light allows better primaries. Better primaries allow a better mixing and achieving uh, more colors. So one of the fun facts is LCD displays are typically quite inefficient. In today's context, the backlight unit only allows 5% of the backlight after filtering to the human eye. So we are only seeing about 5% of the light from the backlight unit. So one of the embodiment of uh, newer technology would be trying to convert the light at the end of the display instead of converting it at the backlight unit and subsequently filtering majority of it. Um, so this is a pre preconception of color converters where the industry is working on and Nanodomies as well is working on. So this potentially could increase efficiency of displays, LCD displays much, much further. So QDs and Peroskype uh, are indeed, you know, breeding new life into LCD displays, enabling them that white color gamut and brightness. 
That's very interesting. So on the one hand, the colors are brighter. So, uh, you know, in everyday terms, this would mean that what we see on our screens is more beautiful, more colorful, brighter, but it's also more energy efficient, right? So everybody wins. One other thing that I wanted to ask you, um, one thing I noticed, not being a technical person myself, but I've noticed in uh, pitches of startups working in quantum dots that if their quantum dots are cadmium free, they will definitely mention that. And I remember that also from, from one of the first startups we worked with. And so as someone who knows more about materials, can you explain to us why it's important that quantum dots be cadmium free? And I know that your materials are as well. That's right. Yeah. The display industry started paying attention to cadmium content in materials um, due to a particular standards in Europe called the ROHS. This ROHS standard has certain limitations to the amount of cadmium that should be uh, present in materials Um, and cadmium being cancer causing. Consumers and uh, regulators are always uh, paying very, very close attention to it to ensure that um, it's, it's, it's highly regulated and only necessary if you have to use it, right? And, and in limited amounts. So the search for cadmium-free materials that do not compromise display performance, which is color, brightness, energy, that we have talked a lot, a, a lot about today, that's important. So there are no direct cadmium-free materials competitors for perovskite technology. As, as it is the narrowest cadmium-free green emitter in the world. However, there are indirect materials competitors such as cadmium-based quantum dots, cadmium-free quantum dots such as indium phosphide, and phosphorus, uh, traditional phosphorus such as um, beta salon and um, other phosphorus. So we say this because um, without being too technical on the pros and cons of each material set, the four characteristics, we like to call it the four characteristic boxes that we are aiming to check off are, it has to be cadmium-free, so it's um, ROHS compliant. It has to have high efficiency, so that means converting blue photons very effectively to green or red, so it, as it affects brightness and energy consumption. Uh, it needs to be highly stable, as it will impact uh, longevity of displays. And last but not least, it needs to have narrow emission. This is uh, measured by, we call it full wave half max, which is essentially the width of the emission at half of its uh, peak position. So the narrower is better, right? Because it impacts colors. So to put it in perspective, phosphorus material and some cadmium-free materials, they fall around 40 nanometers, full wave half max. Cadmium quantum dots, they will be around 25, 30 nanometers. And perovskite material um, just have 20 nanometers. So it's purest. So to, to recap, these four char characteristics would be being cadmium-free, highly stable, highly efficient, and extremely narrow. So cadmium-based quantum dots do not check off the cadmium-free box, obviously. Cadmium-free quantum dots, such as uh, indium phosphate and phosphor, do not check off the narrow emission box and the high efficiency box. Cadmium-free perovskite, of course, checked off all four boxes, being cadmium-free, narrow, efficient, and stable. So with perovskite, we are able to transform LCD displays into the best form they could ever be by giving them the purest, brightest, and uh, widest range of colors. Right. So it's cadmium free, which means that it passes most uh, regulations and can be used in consumer applications internationally. It also provides or it gives a superior color performance, which is great. 
And I guess then the final question, maybe something you also get asked by larger companies you you want to collaborate with, how expensive is it? Is it much more expensive than other quantum dots or than other technologies that might fulfill the same purpose? Very good question. I think uh, developing a material and operating in a space of display is always uh, very challenging. The first thing uh, they will ask you is, uh, how much is it, right? What is the cost potential? So I think cost is something that uh, for a startup like us, we have to address it very earlier on when we look at the technology and the solution. Allow me to address this by explaining a little bit about how quantum dots and perovskite are being synthesized. This will help uh, paint a better picture on the possibilities of uh, perovskite material. So traditionally, quantum dots are grown in a batch reactor. And because of the ability to tune light by varying size, it is also a big challenge to ensure that you have to have very precise size distribution when you synthesize the material. So this poses huge amount of difficulty in synthesis where it takes a very long time to create the material, poor you, and subsequently growing a very, very big shell that takes many hours to grow more than 24 hours, right? So these are done in a very long time scale, extremely sensitive condition because quantum dots are extremely size sensitive. Um, it can be used as a blessing, uh, but it's also a curse in a sense, right? For perovskite, it's slightly different. It's mostly dependent on chemical composition. To emit the light, you need to have a fixed band, band gap, right? If we go a bit technical. So the band gap will determine the emissive wavelength of the light, where it is. Is it a green? Is it a red? Is it a, a blue? Etc. Um, so perovskite control this emission largely by chemistry, by composition. Of course, it is influenced by size, but not as much and not as size sensitive as traditional quantum dots. And the synthesis process is really fast. It takes several seconds to synthesize. And of course, there will be post-treatment to stabilize it. In fact, one of the biggest challenges for perovskite would be stability beyond cost. So in order to synthesize it, it's extremely simple. But in order to stabilize it, it's extremely difficult, which we have been working on it uh, since uh, 2018. And a lot of the call of the technology in Nanolumi is circling around how to make the best, but yet the most stable prospect material. We'll get right back to the episode, but first, a quick word about one of our AdmaCom sponsors. AdmaCom stands for the Advanced Materials Competition, and it's our two-week accelerator program for startups in advanced materials. Our friends at Sonnenberg Harrison Partnershaft are your partner for innovation, law, and business. They offer comprehensive services and solution-oriented advice in the field of intellectual property and technology law. First and foremost, the team at Sonnenberg Harrison think in an entrepreneurial way. For them, it's not about being right, but about ensuring the success of your company. They have an international team of patent attorneys and technology lawyers, and their experience covers a broad spectrum of industries. To learn more about Sonnenberg Harrison, head to their website at www.sonnenbergharrison.law. 
Tell us a little bit more about um, about that. So when did the company start? Uh, what what stage are you at now? You mentioned 2018. Was that the year when the company was uh, was incorporated or was it before that? Let me give a bit of a history of perovskite material. I think that that always uh, helps uh, because we talk about uh, cat selenium quantum dot, the mainstream that is about 40 years old. Indium phos- phosphide quantum dots about 20 years old. If we, if we calculate the first time when someone from the university, from the academic world, um, discover the unique properties of this material. Perovskite material was originally discovered probably less than 10 years ago. And back then, it was not even looking at using it for displays. It was for photovoltaics. It was for energy conversion. So only sometime around 2014, that's where perovskite was first being used to be demonstrated in useful applications for display. So the first pioneering paper was uh, published by one of Nanolumi's uh, co-founder, uh, Professor Tan Chi Kuang, while he was uh, in Cambridge. So he, he did the first work in 2014. And if we look at the timescale of the event, actually perovskite material is very young uh, in a relative scale and, and it's still evolving, huge amount of academic interest. Uh, but trying to turn something that is of such short history into something that is viable into a product is extremely challenging. And I would say at NanoLumi, we are probably a little bit crazy, like our entrepreneurs, <laughs> to take up the challenge, and uh, especially in the advanced material space. So if we look at it, the research and the knowledge building really started in 2014, when NanoLumi chanced upon the technology in 2018. Uh, the team that Professor Tan Chi Kuang was leading and uh, the team members that was developing the technology, we do decide to spin off the company. And fast forward, now we're about two years plus. So we are based in Singapore. I think I didn't even mention that. <laughs> we, just, we just went straight to, to talk about things. Yeah. So yeah, we, we, we sort of like saw the technology being born in the university, National University of Singapore, which I, I graduated from and benefited a lot from its programs. And um, now uh, we are the licensor of the technology. Since 2018, we have been uh, further developing the technology to make it better and more efficient. And you mentioned uh, earlier that uh, you might be slightly crazy in trying to do so, especially with such a new technology and in materials. I can definitely confirm that we've uh, we've seen a lot of people who are, um, I wouldn't say crazy, but very brave to, to be trying to advance <laughs> complicated technologies to, to market. Is this your first attempt at uh, bringing a, a difficult to, to develop technology to the market? Is this your first uh, startup in materials? I don't know to say if it's fortunately or unfortunately, but this is not my first attempt. So I have been uh, very involved. And in fact, since I graduate, during my, my studies, I've been very involved in the uh, startup world. And each of the startup has been uh, advanced material um, startups for more than a decade now. I have been commercializing uh, advanced materials and it has been difficult and it's not getting any easier. <laughs> so something must be wrong. Uh, why I keep doing it? It's like once you caught the bug, uh, you just keep 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 going at it. Yeah. And how has it been going so far? I know that you guys got some um, investment in uh, 2019. So that must have been about a year into starting the company, uh, which allowed you to, to further develop this technology and grow further. 
what stage is the company at now? How many people are in your team? Um, where are you at product-wise? Yeah, um, thanks. Thanks for asking this question. So we are we are slightly more than ten people right now uh, as uh, full timers. Uh, we have excellent interns, so we are about fourteen in total. We last counted, uh, but we are still hiring. We're still looking for very very talented uh, material scientists. So we are a group of chemists, material scientists, chemical engineers. Of course, we have good marketing people as well. So we did raise our funds in two zero one nine. And uh, we're very fortunate to have an investor that uh, truly believe in uh, in us um, in such a risky business and such a difficult business. In fact, there's only a handful of advanced material startups uh, here in Singapore. Not too sure about Europe and the US, but in Singapore, uh, we only have a handful. Uh, I'm not too sure if uh, we, we are actually the first uh, Singapore startup to be on startup designs. You might be actually, yeah. We we have met Singapore startups and materials before, but through our programs. But I don't think we've had anyone on the podcast before. So yeah, definitely can confirm there are not as many, which makes it even braver, even crazier that you would uh, you would start on this. Yeah, I think I think the reason is simply you know commercializing advanced material is hard, right? People always say hardware is hard. Of course, the hardware guys always envy the software guys. The software guys always envy the hardware guys to say that, oh, you guys have such a strong mold. You know, it's not like you you lock up a few computer engineers and they could uh, crack out some code and there is no code that is impossible to replicate if you work hard at it. But always they will feel that materials, uh, uh, advanced materials in particular, you need you can build a lot of mold and it's fundamentally disruptive. While being said so, it is hard. So a lot of the investors and partners are not so easy to find. So I think uh, Inam is doing a fantastic job uh, to pull together the community, the ecosystem, um, and hopefully make the hard part of it a little bit easier. <laughs> so, so yeah, kudos to that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's the hope. That at least by, by bringing together people that all have uh, the shared interest in materials, some... Um, Something positive can happen, whether it's a collaboration or whether we can support you in maybe finding uh, investors or partners. So speaking of which, can you tell us what it is that you're looking for at the moment? What is what does the future look like for Nanolumin, an ideal scenario? Do you hope to get additional investment soon? Are you looking for, for customers? I assume so. Most companies are always looking for customers. Tell us a little bit about your, your wishes and, and hopes for the company. We have since launched our first product, which is a green-based, uh, we call it Chameleon G film. We chose the brand name Chameleon because we, we basically love nature, right? And the brilliant colors that it brings us. So enabling this place to be hyper-realism is very important. So to us, uh, that is uh, what we intend to do with our product, to bring real-life images to the audience. So with that, of course, we are looking at more partners. In fact, we have a lot of uh, tier one display partners that are testing the materials right now and uh, final stage testing. And in particular, in recent times, we have a very final stage um, testing for a new product that we are developing. And uh, this was uh, predicated with the growth of these uh, mini LEDs in the display world uh, in today's context. So most recently, we see Apple release a brilliant um, iPad Pro, uh, 12.9 inch, just a couple of months ago, consisting of 10,000 mini LEDs. And that is uh, enabled by uh, color enhancement films. Um, so we do see a very strong need to actually have a version of product 
that is compatible with uh, mini LED uh, products. So apart from just having the green, it's extremely important to have both the red and the green for the convenience of uh, OEMs of the world and display partners of the world to, to use it. So this is something that uh, we are at a final stage launching it. So we combine our hybrid product, combining the most narrow green and the most narrow red into a firm to enable the up-and-coming uh, mini-LED market that we are pretty bullish about. So we're looking at partners that would be interested to test the firms in the um, tier one display partners for those that we have not uh, had a chance to talk with, but we are already talking to quite a, quite a fair bit of them. So this is more on the product side. Um, yeah, and in terms of funding, uh, we are always looking for bold investors that believe in our vision to enable and move really quickly for a material that is still with uh, such a short history. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really hoping that uh, some of these bold investors are, are listening to us today and that they will contact you after hearing you explain uh, your products on, on our podcast. Um, and finally, before we let you go, is there one final wish, one final ask for our listeners or you know, one thing you want to throw out there in the startup science universe and hope someone picks it up? I think not, not so much for Nanolumi. I think uh, we are already very fortunate to be invited to that. But I think uh, what I just want to say is, uh, you know, Inam, just keep, keep doing the great work we are doing. You know, it's, uh, it's a very difficult space. You know, having more ecosystem is something that is wonderful. Uh, we come from a very small country that is uh, slightly less than 6 million people, right, in Singapore. There is lots of investment in R&D for advanced materials, but we do really see a big gap in uh, commercializing it. So I would say keep doing it. Uh, I would just uh, more, more like uh, cheering you guys up and <laughs> please keep doing what you're doing and uh, allow people to tell their stories and explain science in a very uh, simple fashion. Thank you. And uh, same to you. Keep doing what you're doing and let's see your, your quantum dots in uh, many, many screens in, in the years to come. We hope so. <laughs> Thanks so much for, for joining us today, Jax. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Anthony. Thanks for listening to Startup the Science. If you'd like to learn more about our podcast, head to www.enum.berlin slash startupthescience. You can also follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. If you'd like to leave us a message or ask us or our guests any questions, send us a DM or leave us a message on our website. We would love to hear from you. Stay tuned for our next episode. Coming soon.